Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the show that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company. From product development and engineering to omni-channel marketing, we've helped our clients launch thousands of inventions and earn more than $1 billion in sales over the past 20 years. Each week, I interview a startup success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your launch to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, the weekly newsletter that goes out and shows you the best inventions that just launched. Make sure to check out ProductHype.co and join the Hype Squad. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am super excited because I am speaking with one of my favorite founders. I am speaking with none other, Jack Yao, co-founder of Mobile Pixels. And if you haven't been living under a rock for the last month, maybe the last four or five years now, it's been a year and a half since Jack and I jumped on the show, episode 354 for all those listening. Back when we had Jack on the show, we were talking about Duex. And that Kickstarter campaign that had almost 4,000 backers and over a million dollars pledged. Well, Jack is back with his team, their fifth creation now on Kickstarter, Geminos. It's this amazingly, well, you know what? I'm going to let Jack talk all about it. Jack, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Jack, you're on your fifth campaign, Geminos. It's already raised uh, $1.2 million now from almost 2,000 backers. Let's talk about this product as if the world has never seen it before. So what is it? Yeah, so we really wanted to, you know, our, our first couple products, we focused on portability, uh, working outside of your conventional office, enabling people to stay productive while portable. And uh, we wanted to take the entire sort of philosophy behind that and sort of reinvent your workspace inside the office. So Gymnos is a dual screen desktop monitor. Now, unlike conventional dual screen setups where they're side by side, Geminos is top and bottom. The top display slides up and down while the bottom display pivots in and out. In turn, it creates an angled visual surface that bends uh, and fits right inside of your peripherals. So you don't have to swivel your head, tilt your head. It's just a lot more ergonomic of a way to work. Now, uh, on top of the displays, Geminos comes with a uh, fully integrated docking station capable of 100 watt pass-through charging. So, you know, it could, while your laptop is powering the Gymnos, Gymnos is also charging the laptop. It has a built-in webcam, two, uh, well, eight watt speakers in the back. For, um, so really it's, it's an all-in-one integrated working solution. And uh, lastly, with this top and bottom setup, it takes up much less space compared to a conventional setup. So for people who might be living in a uh, super urban area where you don't have a lot of space, you're in the dormitory, you know, it's a great tool to have to help you stay productive in your environment. I'll say this thing is amazing. When I first uh, got the sneak peek of this product, I was like, this is a game changer for displays and everything and then you know watching the crowdfunding video that you guys got produced and everything that's in there you touch on so many different lines of work that needed disruption if you will right and it's just you know simple in our minds to be like oh let's just stop doing the monitors side by side and just on top of each other because again we're all working from home these days right so it's just like that natural inclination to have everything in alignment 
seems so simple mm-hmm. to think about, but for you guys to innovate it, how did you guys come up with the idea to flip things sideways and have it work that way? Yeah, it's uh, like our first product. This one is actually born out of personal need. So, well, Stephen actually came up with the idea. Uh, when we first moved into a co-working space, we had four people in a uh, 100 square feet office. It was crazy. So we didn't have any room. In the morning, we would have to push all our boxes out to make room for the people to sit in. And then when we leave, we have to push all the boxes back in because we just had stuff everywhere. And um, because of that, Stephen kind of had to sort of jerry-rig his desktop setup. So he took two desktop monitors, placed them at an angle, stacked them on top of each other using some boxes and books and tapes or whatnot. And then we were like, wow, that's actually a pretty cool way to work. And we started digging into it. It was like, uh, you know, everybody jumped in, pitched in. Well, why don't we add a camera? Why don't we do a linkage system? Why don't we do this? And why don't we do that? And then it kind of just came about as an amalgamation of everybody's input. And really, it was just because we didn't have a lot of space. And it just so happened that we had that orientation in the office. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely love the product. So given your extensive history, I mean, you're one of now the most funded crowdfunding creators ever in the history of reward. I don't know about that. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. You've amassed a community now of over like 20,000 backers, your fifth campaign, and now over $7 million raised for all of your products, you know, launched combined. So first off, Jack, I got to congratulate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. You know, thinking back to our first campaign, crowdfunding was really like a moonshot thing for us. I had like a full-time job lined up. I was going to, this was going to be a side gig and, you know, it just took on a life its own. So what surprised you the most over these crowdfunding years and launching innovations? I guess, I guess the, um, the loyalty of our backers, I guess I just found out that 90% of them are repeat backers. And that's an amazing number for me. We spend, we obviously spend a lot of money on marketing and, um, uh, shame on me for never tracking these statistics, but to find out that of the five campaigns, it's the, you know, a lot of it's coming, really coming from the same group of people. It, it is super gratifying to, you know, learn that. And it, it, it makes me feel that all the hard work and all the problems we have to deal with is totally worth it because, you know, we, we've developed this very loyal community and that we could, you know, they resonate with us and, you know, we're on the same team. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I know we were talking about this before the show, just about, you know, the, the loyalty of the community, but that comes back to trust. You have earned their trust, your team delivering product, being it as advertised, as marketed, putting it out there, delivering it on time, doing all the things right now over these years, you figured out that that model works, it's sustainable. And as long as you're constantly communicating with that community of things that are happening or delays or shipping or all the other things that go on behind the scenes that most, you know, most backers have no idea. They just want to support the creator and the invention itself. But there's a ton of things that go into that. I mean, I guess during this pandemic, what um, what were some of those changes as a business that you guys have had to make that's affected, you know, future product launches? Yeah, I think, uh, well, touching up on what you said about trust, I think that is mutual. And we really strive hard to build that trust and sustain that trust. Now, with the pandemic and recent supply chain issues, everybody's had problems with manufacturing. 
And you know, while we're still a non-venture backed company, we rely on crowdfunding to generate the cash flow so we could go into production. But we do so much work ahead of time. So it's not like we we get the money and then we start doing the drawings. Our design are 100% done. Our toolings are already done, right? We just need the money to actually kick off the production. To we actually paid for like uh, you know the 10 to 20% deposit for all the raw material. It's just a balance payment we rely on crowdfunding. So by really shifting all that work prior to Kickstarter, we are able to ship a lot more accurately to the date we promised. It's no longer, you know, we're no longer shooting at the hip, you know, just trying to throw a day out there thinking that's the best we could do. We actually have a pretty solid game plan with several toll gates and milestones set up to get to that goal. With that said, I know our last campaign, the UX Max, uh, our shipment was delayed for, I don't know, I think two or three weeks. And then with the UX Plus, uh, that was in the thick of the pandemic. Everything was lined up, ready to go. And then all of a sudden, there are no containers. All yeah. Things were already made. There are no containers. China had a power outage. So, you know, all the factories, stuff like that still happens. And by, you know, clearly communicating these setbacks, creating new expectations and just, you know, being open and transparent about everything. I think that's something uh, that's changed from the past. It's really just doing a lot of work ahead of time and staying transparent and communicative. Absolutely. So given all this experience that you have in this community and running five massively successful campaigns, what would you say are like two or three things that every crowdfunding creator needs to understand about the process of launching their idea? Yeah, I think uh, one is really get feedback. Crowdfunding uh, is an opportunity for you to realize something you've always wanted to do to um, make your dream real. So, but at the same time, it's also a business. So you want to make sure that uh, there is market traction for your product. Otherwise, all that effort that goes into crowdfunding, you might not see the return on that type of investment. So definitely doing do research, tweak your product, get as much buying and feedback as possible, make your product as attractive to the crowdfunding audience, and then, you know, get that part of it ready. Now, second is... Um, if this is not going to be like, uh, you know, uh, one hit wonder for you, you want to create a sustainable business. Definitely. You need to start from the beginning to build that trust. You got to get a solid game plan to ship on time, get your factory lined up, have all that production stuff figured out before you crowdfund, not after you get the money. And uh, that's going to help you succeed in the long run. So I got to ask, how did you come up with the, uh, the product name? Oh, great question. Well, we wanted to name it, Gemini, which means twin, but uh, it's been trademarked by like a hundred other companies, so we couldn't get it. <laughs> so, because it's harder and so, harder to name things these days, right? I, I know. So, Geminos is like uh, it's the uh, masculine plural version of Gemini, and it, it nobody had trademarked it, so we figured that'd be an easy one to get. Really, that's the reason why. Fair enough. Yeah. In terms of the uh, the trademark side of things, have you had to do any enforcement on previous trademarks that you guys have done? Um, well, funny thing is um, our first product, which was called the Duel, which was later changed to the Duex. Uh, right, we had this uh, we had this trademark troll like come after us in my early days, and I had no idea what the heck was going on, and I don't know, I got scared and I folded. But in the end, as it turned out, he didn't even launch his product, we, we should have just stuck to our guns and just named it Duel. 
So that's like a trademark thing I had to run into. Other funny thing is um, our company, Mobile Pixels, we couldn't register that trademark because apparently Google has a Pixel phone and also in the electronics space, and they send us some notice about. And that was, you know, right when we launched the company. I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting the lawsuit with Google. No. Nope. So those are those are two funny things I had bumped into. Wow. So what about, you know, in designing the product? I know you guys are experts at this, but what were some of those challenges that you that you encountered? And maybe some of them were the reasons why no other monitor manufacturing company had even thought of doing this before. Yeah, it's it's getting that feel to be perfect when you're lifting the display and adjusting it. It's got to feel balanced and light, but also convey a sense of confidence where you let go. It's not going to drift away or it's just going to stay in its place. And that really had to do with balancing out a lot of the spring forces uh, against the torques, uh, the torque hinges inside. And it just took forever to tune that feel. And, and once it's tuned in, this product is being made overseas. And because of the pandemic, we couldn't travel to the factories and trying to convey that magical touch with a phone call or a video conference had just been really tough. Yeah, I can only imagine, right? So tell me and talk to me about your campaign video because I really enjoyed it. It was short, it was sweet, it got to the point and it touched on all of these different you know, demographic groups that really this product I think fits in need for and probably so many more, right? But the, the campaign video was really unique and I know over the years you guys have continued to refine that in terms of that messaging, that story. So talk to me about the good time that you had shooting this video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we actually shot the video in North Carolina, in uh, Raleigh. So yeah, we work with a great uh, production team. So this is our fifth campaign. The previous, previous four videos had been this interview style. It's kind of boring. And Steven just thought like, uh, you know, maybe we should switch things up a little bit and try something different, see if it's gonna stick. So we talked with a videography firm, told them we wanted something to be funny. We wanted to be humorous, lighthearted, but also convey, you know, really the value of Jimmo's. So I, I wrote the script, but they were able to splice the script into all these small scenes and really just made the video what it is. I, I think, you know, a lot of kudos goes out to uh, uh, Remedy for creating the video. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Steven was a great actor. And we yeah. had talked about, you know, in our next video, we're not going to hire any more actors. We'll just have Steven play all the different people in the video. I and we'll it. save, you know, 20 grand on the video too. So, <laughs> you know, we had a lot of fun. No, it definitely looked like a lot of fun. And honestly, you know, Jack, the, uh, the entire team over here at Inventus Partners has really loved working with you guys over the years on all of these product launches. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you guys can kind of choose what agency to partner with. But, you know, obviously, we, we love working with you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, it goes back to that whole trust thing. It's, you know, once you have it, it stays. And, you know, I trust you guys. I'm always in good hands when working with you guys. The team has been super responsive. Lena and the entire crew have been great. So I've, I couldn't be happier. Amazing. So what would be your top tip for raising over a million dollars on this crowdfunding campaign? Well, I think it's easier to get there if you have a higher price product. Um, that's one. So prior to this campaign, we, you know, our average pledge is about $260. And we had a million dollar campaign on Kickstarter, but most of them are north of 800,000. But with this campaign, we got to a million 
dollars, I think, in 10 days. So, you know, having a higher ticket item definitely helps. But what it really comes down to is the product itself. You could charge a thousand dollars, but somebody's got to want it. And so going back to what I said earlier, do market research, make sure you have the product market fit before you you know, invest all this on Kickstarter. Yep. Fully funded in 36 minutes on this one, right? Yep. Pretty amazing. So what has been the biggest surprise for you of this campaign versus previous campaigns? Uh, well, we were nervous. We were nervous about this product costing, you know, five, $600, the affordability of the product. Uh, we were nervous about the concept. You know, our previous four campaigns had all been portable monitors. And this is our first foray into the desktop market. And the desktop monitor market is dominated by um, UP, uh, not, not, uh, the UPS guy just walked in. So I said, UPS, guys, but, I know. <laughs> big brand, right? Yeah. But, you know, Lenovo and Asus, and we weren't sure if we could, we could make it a sustainable business with the razor thin margins in here. So the surprise is that a lot of people bought into it when we did the pre launch campaign. Uh, our cost per lead had been a dollar and fifty three cents. Now that's an amazing number uh, compared to our prior campaigns. Facebook had doubled in uh, CPMs in terms of cost, right? So one fifty was the CPL we had when we launched the Duo four years ago. So seeing that type of cost per lead really helped me garner a lot of confidence. And then on day one, I think we did north of three hundred thousand in terms of funding. All about that pre-launch data, right? You know, understanding yep. what they're doing, what are they excited about, what are they willing to pay for it? Exactly. Yeah. Stuff, right. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, Jack, I'm not going to do the launch round with you today because you've been on my show. You already know the answers to these questions. But what I will ask you is my final question of because you've done so many crowdfunding campaigns now, what does the future of crowdfunding look like in your eyes? Mm. I think that, at least from my perspective, because we built our entire company based on Kickstarter, well, I'm hoping that more companies will do the same thing. Instead of using crowdfunding as a one-off uh, to you know, make one product, maybe they could build a business that really creates value for the community in the long run. Every product will see some type of improvement. Uh, and with each improvement, there will be spillover effects where you create a new product that adds to the original portfolio. So I'm really hoping to see companies using Kickstarter to build an entire business, but not just the product. Same here, my man. <laughs> well, Jack, this has been amazing. I'm going to end it with your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check out Geminos. So uh, Gemnos is reinventing the way people are working in their offices. Whether you're standing or seated, Gemnos has the right position for you. It's, you know, it's a game changer in terms of a desktop setup. Go on Kickstarter now. Gemnos is live. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Indeed. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, link to the campaign, and everything else we talked about today. And, of course, got to give a huge shout-out to our crowdfunding podcast sponsor over at Product Hype, the top newsletter for new products that just launched. Jack, thank you so much for joining us today, and congrats on all the success. Awesome. Thank you for having me again. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart. 
the show about building a better business, life, and world with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, make sure to show us some love, you know, by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite listening station, whatever that may be. Your review really helps other founders and startups find us so they can improve their craft and achieve greater success like you. And of course, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need any help, make sure to send me an email at info at artofthekickstart.com. I'd be glad to help you out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week.